and welcome to the Scottish Women's Football Podcast. I'm your host Chris Marshall and I'm joined once again by Mr Campbell Finlayson. How are you doing Campbell? Yeah, very well. Um, we have a full card of SWPL action to talk through this weekend um, and we also have a Scottish Cup coming. So we're going to do a roundup of the SWPL fixtures from last weekend and the look ahead to the Scottish Cup fixtures. We're not going to touch on the UEFA Champions League fixtures because myself and Campbell are going to Easter Road uh, tomorrow night, recording this on Tuesday. So we're going to try and do a bonus one after the two results, but we'll we'll talk about that um, near the time and hopefully that will happen. No problem. But let's let's start um, like we finished the last podcast, Campbell, in SWPL two, um, and let's start top of the table clash, Hamilton Academical against Hearts. Um, I called dibs on this one, so I, I got there first. And I have to say, it was a really enjoyable Sunday afternoon. Uh, obviously, both sides came into the, the uh, came into the game uh, equal on 27 points by full time. They were still equal on 28 points, but it was quite a journey to get there. Um, probably the first thing to mention is the crowd. It's about 200 folk there. Um, I know it was a little bit over that from what Hamilton said, which is a really good turnout for an SWPL2 game. Um, I think you could get a little bit lost and you see some of the crowds in the WSL um, this weekend, but... Scottish women's football was in a different place, but it was a really heartening uh, crowd to see. And they were treated to an absolutely quality game. Uh, definitely some of the best entertainment I had uh, at a game of football over the last few weeks. Uh, Hamilton started this quickest. Um, and they really came out fast, high-pressing they were playing. They were, they were kind of hunting in packs any time a Hearts player had the ball. It was it was very noticeable. And they, they kind of got the goal, the first goal after seven minutes through MT Gardner that way. Uh, Megan Quinn came in, got the ball off at Bishon Moore, and it, it broke to MT Gardner. And at first I didn't really appreciate how good the finish was, but when I watched the highlights back, it really was a, a quality finish. And Hartswell, they were, they were struggling a little bit. Um, they actually had to make a couple of changes to their team, uh, Campbell. Um, Emily Much had to come in. Uh, Emily Much, sorry, got concussion uh, against Glasgow Girls last week. So uh, Charlotte Parker-Smith came in. And they also signed Murren Cunningham on loan from Glasgow City. Quite close to kickoff, which got a couple of us on, on the hop. Um, she started in the centre of defence. But Hamilton really, for that first half, absolutely dominated. I think probably the only thing that they let them down, and this is something that, that Gary Doctor said after the match, is they didn't really create enough chances. Uh, it was very much long-range efforts, and there wasn't really anything that really threatened. And to be honest with you, Hearts were pretty disorganised. It just wasn't clicking for them. They couldn't find any rhythm. And I think it was said by pretty much everybody after the game that they were, they were very happy to get in at 1-0 down. Uh, second half, though, Basketball stuff, Campbell, absolute basketball stuff. Um, Hearts scored after a minute, Danny McGinley with a kind of poacher's 20-yard effort. Lauren Grant didn't have any chance. And then from there, it just went a little bit wild, bit end-to-end. Um, Hearts were probably creating the better chances, but Hamilton were still in the game, and they actually went 2-1 up. Um, a really powerful run by Megan Quigley into the towards the Hamilton, sorry, into towards the Hearts area. She was brought down on the edge of the box, and Nick Sarek stepped up, and she put the free kick in the corner. You could maybe dis- debate whether Charlotte Parker-Smith was maybe not quite in the right position. It was one of those ones that went kind to the keeper's side, but she was too central. And maybe she's a little bit further over she could have got it, but still a quality free kick. But the best goal of the game came from uh, Madeline Brill-Edwards, uh, one of Hearts' summer signings. And uh, she took it 25 yards out and let, uh, let fly a shot and equalised. It was, it, was it was a really good goal. And to be honest with you, from there, there was a couple more chances. Hamilton had one cleared off the line by Danny Pagliarulo. But at the end, two each, Campbell... I, I know I went through that pretty quickly. It was because there was tons to talk about. I recommend go looking at the Hamilton and Hearts highlights, whatever your persuasion are. They've both put uh, highlights up now for the game. To each Campbell, um, 
I take it. Well, have you seen the highlights of this? And if you have, what was your take on the action? Yeah, I have seen highlights. Um, it seemed to be quite an enjoyable game, as you're saying. I mean, obviously they've been the two sort of standout teams in SWPL2 this season, so it was always going to be a game that you would hope would be entertaining. Maybe a bit more open than it was expected, as obviously you're saying there was four goals, some great finishes in the game as well. But from what it seemed, from what I've seen, sorry, sorry, Hamilton looked to be the stronger side for large parts of it. But as you'd obviously you sort of saw at the game and saw a bit more than me and were saying that they didn't really create too much was maybe their problem. But they were certainly looking like, to me like the better team and maybe it's like disappointed that they didn't pick up three points. Yeah, I, I mean, I think probably at the end of the game, it's a hard one because I would have said that if you were going to, on reflection of balance of play and if you were to kind of break the the game down into time periods, you'd probably say Hamilton had the majority of it, but it did feel like Hearts maybe were creating that, those few more chances. I think what was interesting at the start of the game, just to reverse engineer things a little bit, Campbell, um, was that both sides did came, come out maybe not quite as you were expecting. Um, Hamilton kind of came out with a 4-4-2, pretty, pretty straightforward, but Hearts were playing this kind of kind of 4-3-1-2. Rachel Walkinshaw was kind of flitting between the, the midfield and the attack, and I think maybe what happened with Hearts is it just it wasn't usual, and it, I just don't think it really worked, and they just at times you were looking at where they were standing, and I think it looked a little bit lost, but full credit at half-time, obviously, some things were said. <laughs> I did try and probe what they were, but that was that was told I was that was left in the dressing room. Um, one of the things Hearts have done is they've signed one in Cunningham, um, Campbell, and obviously they've made a couple of signings recently. We've already talked about Claire Williamson, and they signed uh, obviously the pair from Far From Farmington, Danny McGinley and Robin Smith. Um, what's your take on the Munn and Cunningham signing? I think it's probably a good move all round. Yeah, I mean, it was probably a bit of a surprise for most of us because no one really saw it coming. And then suddenly before the game on Sunday, she was announced. But for a player that she's been in the Glasgow City team fairly often, I suppose, but when you try to break into a midfield with the likes of Leanne Crichton, obviously, Eddie, it can be really tough. So it should be beneficial both for herself, perhaps, to be getting football every week, and also for Hearts, that they're getting that experience from SWPL1, as you also mentioned, uh, Danny McGinley and Robin Smith, as well as obviously Louise Mason um, from Spartans, and then Claire Williamson too. So, just, so they do have the players there that have got that top-level experience, and that should help them in SWPL2 for trying to push on. But it's it'll be interesting to see how it works out for them and how they sort of fit into the Hearts team that has obviously done so well to get us out the table to have done so far. But you'd imagine they can only be positive additions. Yeah, I mean, Hearts have got a really deep squad now. I think I think I said it the other week when they signed Claire Williamson, and now it's even more the case in Murray and Cunningham. Um, she looked a little bit rusty, but I mean, you could tell she had the experience of playing at a, a higher level and playing with players with much bigger experience. Like you could, She was a bit more vocal than something we see in SWPL2, and um, I'm sure over time she's going to be a really good signing for them. But it does mean that they're both now in 28 points. Um, if, if, you're one of, if you're a manager... Campbell, you had to pick one of the two sides. Who do you think is going to be happier with that result? I would probably imagine Hearts. I mean, they're the, obviously the side that's going away from home. They've beaten Aki's in the first two games, which maybe it's like there's a point they didn't win here. But going from what I've seen and from what you're saying to us as well, Hamilton possibly had more of the game. So for Hearts, I think they'll be happy to get that point. And then they'll have to kick on, obviously, this weekend in Hamilton's sorry, are in uh, Scottish Cup duty, on Scottish Cup duty. So... I'd imagine Hearts were happy at the minute, but obviously, as we know, anything could happen with the remaining games in the season. But for the moment, I think Hearts will be slightly happier the two sides. 
is it a concern, Campbell, that they, they seem to be getting into these positions where they're having to come from behind? They had to do it against Glasgow Girls the other week. They had to do it this weekend. It's not the first time it's happened. Um, Hamilton have also had to do it as well. But I think what's been so interesting to Hearts is how they almost sometimes go night and day. I would even say the Glasgow Girls game uh, the other week that Glasgow Girls were probably the better side in the first half and then Hearts kind of got their act together. Um, I think for Hamilton, obviously, it breaks the, the duck of getting beat by Hearts this season. They've been beaten twice by them. And it now puts it puts the league in a really interesting position because there's only seven games left for both sides. Um, and realistically, if one of them wins all seven, you'd think they would do it. But could you see any of them doing that, Campbell, given how competitive SWPL2 is? I mean, obviously, they both perform well throughout the season, but again, they're both dropping silly points, as you're seeing. I mean, Hearts Rose made it hard to come from behind against the Lazy Glasgow Girls. They've dropped points with uh, Coman, they've dropped points with Under United. Whereas Hamilton have obviously they went to St Johnston United and struggled on, but managed to get the three points. And they're just, they seem to be slightly better at getting across the line in certain games than Hearts do. I don't think either of them are going to win all seven games because, as we say, it's barring pretty much a jail. Anyone could beat anyone in the league. So it's, it's still very much open for both teams. But I don't think either can go unbeaten, despite also the strength they've got. But as you look at the other results as well across the weekend and even how tight the league is, it's, it is really great to watch. And you wouldn't bank against any other teams taking points off these two, especially in a away game. No, not at all. Um, and we'll, we'll probably come to that shortly. I think there's one other thing I want to call out. Um, Nick Sullivan got the, the, the player of the match uh, on Sunday, but I thought the performance by Kirsty McIntosh, um, her delivery... When um, one of my points of frustration, Campbell, and I'm pretty sure you probably share the same thing, is uh, footballers that can't get a ball by the first man. And uh, Kirsty McIntosh, her delivery is maybe some of the best best in the league, and I include SWPL1 in that. And I actually thought Aisha Mullen came onto a game in the second half. Um, there's definitely a player in Aisha Mullen, but sometimes you look at her and you just think maybe she's not quite ready. But in that second half, she was really responsible for getting Hearts stretching the play a little bit better. And maybe she's just a player that needs um, needs a bit of, um, not sure to make sure she's in the right position, but two young talents that I said, certainly keep an eye on over the course of the rest of the season. But um, a point of peace in Campbell, that turned out to be actually not a bad result for either of the sides because you were at Petersell Park um, to see Glasgow girls taking Partick Thistle and SWPL2 threw up another one of the, we don't know what's going to happen results. Yeah, I mean, Partick Thistle, as we'd said last week, were not far behind Ackies and Hearts. But we've seen this as a great chance, obviously, to go and beat Glasgow Girls and uh, close that gap at the top. But they were very, very poor, to be perfectly honest. They never really got going. Um, Glasgow Girls were obviously slightly disappointed with their Hearts result last week, but buoyed by the performance. And they showed that pretty uh, pretty easily, to be honest. There wasn't much in it early doors, but um, Glasgow Girls took the lead. There was a free kick come in, and they... Thistle defence just seemed to stop and they watched Lauren Kerr sort of scuff a volley into the corner and they just stole kind of claim for offside. She wasn't and Glasgow Girls were ahead and Thistle never really reacted, recovered from that, sorry. And then Glasgow Girls went on top and then out of nowhere again the ball came to Lauren Kerr 35 yards out and she just flacked the ball right in the top corner. It was a fantastic goal to watch. And they had chances in the second half as well. Lucy McCune eh, missed one. Emma Jolly came off the bench at 15 to make her debut as well and she almost got a goal which was chasing down um, Sarah Robson in the back of this goal so it was another surprising result but those girls were, they were very impressive to watch part of this simply went but there was a lot of talk as well around this what the girls team their disappointment was in the fact that if they managed to beat Hearts last week then they themselves could have been right behind the top too so it's 
a great win for them there, but tinge with that wee bit of disappointment that they couldn't pick up three points last week. Yeah, and I, I said that I said it when we recorded the podcast. I was at that game last week and really for a good good chunk of that game they were in control and then Hearts, as I said, as they've been doing quite a lot this season, really dug a result out at the end. Um, that moves uh, Glasgow Girls up into third place, four points behind, but they have played a game extra over Hearts and Hamilton. Well, conversely, Partick Thistle are on 22, six points behind, but played a game less. We've we've mentioned the fact that we thought it's really a Hamilton Hearts and maybe Partick Thistle if they got a result would be in the mix. Um, it fell for Partick Thistle this weekend in terms of Hamilton Hearts drawing. They didn't get the result. Um, I know that Andy Edwards and Gary Doctor will help me saying this, but it is a Hamilton and Hearts battle now for that for that one promotion place. It was a huge missed opportunity for Partick Thistle certainly at the weekend. And this, this, that's the problem. They've not been consistent enough in picking up wins in games like this. They've not beaten Glasgow Girls this season, but Glasgow Girls themselves haven't then went and picked up points against the top two, and that's leaving them behind. So, I mean, it does look as if Hamilton Hearts are going to be the two sides at the top, despite how tight the league is behind them, despite the fact that it might not have been that way. It seems like that's kind of how it's going to end. Yeah, I mean, I'm fully expecting for, I don't know, Kilmarnock to win it now and be like, like idiots. But um, I think certainly that Hamilton Hearts are in the full position. And it's a conversation I had with a couple of people on Sunday after after the game. And I, I think the thing for me is that Hamilton Hearts, if they play to the potential, which we've talked about already, they have that little bit extra that the other side maybe don't quite have just now. Um, and I include part of this with Glasgow Girls and I include Dundee United and St Johnson in that and Campbell Dundee United and St Johnson was maybe the sleeper match of the weekend uh, they they didn't have much to play for um, let's be honest St Johnson are in this kind of weird thank, thankfully Hutchie Vela there uh, and there isn't any relegation position at the moment they again <laughs> couldn't quite get the result um, they went 2-0 down uh, the game was up at, at the disc in Dundee I went to now down Tammy Lee Harkin uh, opened the scoring with a, a quote from the Dundee United Twitter sensational free kick um, after just three minutes. But then she had the penalty that hit both posts that, that, that went safe. Uh, Laurie Rossen doubled the lead before Rachel Todd scored a double to make it two each. But then Tammy Lee Harkin was uh, again on hand towards the end of the match to, to score the winner. It sounded like it was quite the game. I, I spoke to Stuart uh, Mitchell, um, friend of the podcast. He said he really enjoyed it and obviously spoke to a couple of other people up there. Uh, I mean, it sounds like it was a good afternoon's entertainment. And I suppose, Campbell, for games like this, where realistically there isn't that much on the line, that's the kind of game you kind of want to see when you, you turn up at it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously getting five goals out of the thing. That was a, another great afternoon, uh, weather-wise, up in Dundee, I think. Um, as Stuart was saying to us as well, it was an enjoyable game to watch. United going ahead, you think they'd be quite comfortable, as you mentioned, missing the penalty. And then suddenly you look at the score and it was 2 2. I don't know where that came from, but St. Johnson got a couple of goals quick. And then United wanted to win it again. But it, looking at the, um, the, the pictures, sorry, and messages, things like that from people at the game, it seemed to be a really enjoyable one to watch. And as you're saying, if you're still going up to watch that game, you're going to return them all to United when they're at home again, or St. Johnson, if they want to trip down to Perth. So it's, it's great for the league to see that. And if you're getting five goals and that meant entertainment, then you're going to go and watch it. Absolutely. And, I mean, you mentioned uh, Majoli coming on for Glasgow Girls at age 15. I know that Dundee United have, I think, over 60 starts now for players 16 or younger. Um, obviously, Neve Guthrie won a Player of the Month award. A couple, was it last month she won it? Um, so they're obviously doing some really good things. What do you, what do you make of Dundee United? Obviously, they have uh, come up from the SWFL1 North this season. 
I think they'll be pretty happy with it, their season and, and how it goes. They're not, they're not going to go up, but they've been more than comfortable in the division. Yeah, definitely. I mean, speaking of United way back at the start of the season, that's before they began. We spoke to uh, Gavin Beath, spoke to Captain Kira Johnson as well, a couple of other players up there. And they were they were realistic and didn't think they were going to go straight up. Of course, they were just there to compete, but they'd had a sort of easy ride up from SWFL 1 and 2. And they were looking, they knew it was going to be a step up class, but they have, they have done really well with it. Um, they've obviously, they've beaten Hearts, as we say, the two times they've played them. They've beaten Johnson now twice as well. And the three games between those sides have been pretty impressive, it would seem. And United will be, be happy to build it from here on. I mean, obviously, they've got a very, very young squad, as we say, is there. Um, I mean, Eve Guffrey, obviously, at 16, has been their standout. Well, the goal she's been getting there as well as scoring uh, for the Scotland under 17 side. But they, yeah, they will definitely be happy with the season. Johnston, on the other hand, I mean, again, it looks like another one of these games where they've played pretty well, but they just can't get over the line. And I think the fact that in the table they seem to be so far behind is possibly a bit misleading in how they've played. But I think both teams also know they can't go down. Neither's going to go up. So they'll both be reasonably satisfied. But United will definitely be happy with how they've coped after the step up from the SWFL to SWPL. Lots of the SWFLs, SWPLs in there, Campbell, well done. Getting that out in a, in a winner. No, oh, man, well. <laughs> no cut takes there. Um, last game of SWPL2 was Hutchinson Vale against Kilmarnock and Campbell. Hutchinson Vale trebled their goal, goal tally this season. Um, they still lost, like, heavily, 7-2. But uh, what we, when we talk about Hutchinson Vale, we literally say all they can look for is improvement. And, you know, a 7-2 defeat is an improvement for Hutchinson Vale. Um, I, I'm pretty sure you mentioned this, Andy, a couple of the Kelly players uh, turned up at Peters Hill Park uh, later on in the day. Um, what was your take on the on the game on Sunday? Yeah, um, Hutchinson Vale took the lead in the game, which has been totally unheard of, obviously, in the league this season. And it was Suzanne McTaggart came back to watch the club she's on loan from, Patrick Thistle, obviously, and Lisa Swanson was in as well. Um, I was speaking to Rebecca Galt, that plays with Pat Echo Manic, sorry, and they were... We're obviously pleased at the fact they've won the game, but hearing how Javier scoring too was it was raised a lot of eyebrows at Peter's Hill because no one really expects it there. Kilmarnock have not had the best of times, obviously, and they just about beat East Fife in the Cup before getting knocked out by Aberdeen, but then they went to Orium and got a point off of Hearts. I mean, they're, they've been a strange team, but they just, they just seem to be a wee bit disjointed at the minute. And I think that they're going to struggle against some of the other sides for the rest of the season. They just need to sort of regroup and just try and get back to the way they were playing, especially in the early stages of the season. But as you say about Hutchie as well, they'll obviously be delighted to get from one goal to three in the space of 90 minutes. But it's for Kilmarnock, there's just something missing at the minute. And it's almost as if there's just there's not quite that confidence in the team and that positivity around the place that you really need if you want to be challenging in the league. Yeah, I mean... At the end of the day, and I think this is something that earlier on in the season where we had, we generally did have six six teams well within reach of the top spot. At the end of the day, teams are going to naturally move up and down the table over the course of the season. It just so happens that Kilmarnock are maybe one of the teams that have moved down a little bit. Uh, so yeah, but I mean, Hutchie Vale, we, we have our opinions on Hutchie Vale. There's obviously people there trying to do a good job, but at the same time, there are people underneath the SWPL that are also doing a good job and probably, as has been evidenced by a couple of the results that Hutchieville have had, not only against uh, their league compatriots, but also against teams below them that hopefully get rewarded in the not-too-distant future. But yeah, so SWPL2, Hearts Hamilton, but Glasgow Girls, uh, Patrick Thistle, and even let's let's just throw Dundee United in as well in the chasing pack. 
Uh, but SWPL one, Campbell. Uh, I, we're not we're not moving it deliberately. Hamilton Hearts is the, the big game of the weekend, and it naturally flows into the division. But SWPL one, there was some uh, important games there. Um, but well, before we get to maybe the the more most important game of the weekend, I, I want to start at uh, the Hummel uh, Rangers nil, Glasgow City four. Pretty routine sounding result. Um, Glasgow City. Four up by half time, double from Leanne Crichton. Uh, Haley Sinclair scoring against a former club, a really good goal, and then Kirsty Howitt with a lob. One of only three games with highlights uh, this uh, this weekend at time of recording, which isn't fantastic, let's be honest. Um, it's something we'd like to see a lot more of, but we understand some of the reasons behind that. But yeah, pretty straightforward win for Glasgow City Campbell, but really the big news on Sunday morning, as well as Warren Cunningham signing for Hearts, was Rangers going signing Bonanza, uh, signing Lisa Martinez, Dion Verena and Emma Brownlee. And I think, Campbell, you're naturally drawn to obviously the, the two French signings. Uh, Lisa Martinez played pretty much all the way through the tournament as France won the under-19 Euro Championships in Scotland in, this summer. But Emma Brownlee, it's a bit of a statement signing, isn't it? It is. It was one that stood out. I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, uh, Bournemouth Martinez coming through early in the day and we thought, well, at least there's Rangers sort of that, uh, going for a different approach. And again, you'd imagine that's coming through Gregory Vigna, all the contacts in France. But um, yeah, Emma Brownlee really did stand out. Obviously, she was part of the Hibs team that's been one of these cups in the last few years. Got a move down uh, to England with Everton and was doing pretty well down there. So it was, it was a bit of a surprise to see her return up here, but especially at Rangers. But it means a great signing for them. Obviously, she didn't feature on Sunday and it didn't all work out in their favour, as we've just mentioned, obviously. But there's certainly the statement signings. It'll be interesting to see how they uh, improve Rangers when they're playing the likes of um, Spartans and Motherwell around them on the table. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what, I would, what I would say is when I was covering the, the under-19 European Championships, Gregory Vina was actually at a couple of the French games. And you know how a signing happens after the event and you go, oh, all right, I wonder if maybe there was something linked into all of that and it now it all seems to make sense but yeah Emma Brownlee's a, a good sign she, she hadn't played much forever and I, I didn't have a wee look into it um, so maybe this is a good opportunity for her to kind of be first first choice again and kind of get, so get some proper game time it'll be interesting to see what the arrangement is obviously she would have been on a professional contract down, down, at, uh, down at Everton and Rangers are very much moving towards that model but it's interesting to see Rangers making these kind of moves and let's be honest, Campbell, Celtic who announced that a lot earlier, um, they, they still haven't really done much. I mean, they won 7-0, so 7-0 win against 4 for Farmington. They, I mean, 4 for Farmington are, I think, are hanging on a bit, Campbell. A great run for Celtic, obviously keeps them in in control of that second spot just now, but um, what, what, I'll ask you about the professionalism of Celtic and then we'll talk about 4 for Farmington, but the, the the professional at Celtic hasn't really kicked off, has it? Or whatever version of it is going to be. It's probably be more vague at the moment. No, it was, it was always a sort of... The idea was kind of footed around last season and then it just sort of drifted off and it may have been going on to next year. And then obviously Rangers have now come in and they seem the more likely to actually move into a professional sort of way of playing early doors. So, I mean, it's strange in that aspect, but Celtic, regardless of that, have had a fantastic season so far. That's another win in the tray, home win, so it's three in a row now ahead of their game um, against Glasgow City in the Cup on Sunday. So they're, they're in a good place at the minute, really. Um, they've got a lot of the younger players coming up as well that are doing well for them. They've had a good run in the Cup, as we say, beating teams there. And in the league, they're also ahead of Hibs now, which if anyone can split up the City and Hibs domination that we've had, then that's obviously great to see as well. But Celtic have been a pretty good side to watch from what we've said. Again, I'll see them a bit more on Sunday. 
but it's it's certainly good that they're looking to go professional, but whether they do or not is also a different matter. Maybe if Rangers do, then you might see Celtic follow suit. But the way they've performed, it maybe not it might not surprise me to see them uh, just remain the way they are for the time being. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got better, there's, there's no doubt of that, and as you said, they've closed the gap. Um, you mentioned the young players, Kathy McGovern scored the other two goals, and she's she's really come on this season, uh, currently plays for the under-19s for Scotland, she scored a goal uh, in the recent games uh, against Northern Ireland as well, uh, and you can't really argue with a 7-0 victory. I suppose the thing, though, is, it's, uh, it's, I, don't, I, I don't think I have an issue with it, if, I, if I'm being perfectly honest, I think... Uh, there's been a lot of chat about the notion of professionality in women's football and obviously at the moment it's, it's purely amateur so people can basically come and go as they please it's actually incredible it doesn't happen more often to be perfectly honest with you Campbell I've, uh, considering that there is, there is no really, not really any agreements in place as such for a lot of these players uh, but it'll be interesting to see come the end of the season uh, what happens obviously Glasgow City have been able to offer a couple of contracts uh, Rich McLaughlin for example has had one uh, so yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens. But seven to win, as as you said, pretty comfortable. But for for Farmington, Campbell, they they're hanging on, uh, and we'll talk about Southern University in a wee second. But it certainly feels like it's there for Southern University to to grasp at if they if they take their chances. Yeah, I mean Southern Uni obviously now moving back in to the sort of way of getting players from university returning, which has helped them in previous seasons, and it could well do so again. They're looking at it. I mean, I've stuck with Forfar before, saying they're the team that I would fancy to yeah, to stay up. But results like Sunday can only knock your confidence. We're certainly going to as well as we get to their defeat. But it, it was a tight one, and they've been showing signs of improvement. You obviously saw them in the doubleheader against Hibs not long ago. And again, it's tough to judge them there. But you can see there are slight improvements from them. And if they can come up behind Forfar, then it's going to be a real tight battle again. Obviously, they've still got one more game against each other at Oakview. Stirling will have the home advantage there, and if they can play that again to their advantage, obviously, then it wouldn't be much of a surprise to see them overtake Forfar. But Forfar always is another team that find these sort of results, just pick them out against like some other Welsh Spartans that they're maybe not expected to do elsewhere. So it will be interesting to see. And as much as we look at the top of SWPL2, the title battle there, it's going to be an intriguing relegation battle at the bottom end of SWPL1 as well. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we speculated about Campbell was the fact that. For former maybe keeping it tight, and actually when you look at the bottom of that table now, their goal difference now surpasses Stirling University's in the, the negative fashion. Uh, they are now on minus 42, Stirling University are minus 40. And as you say, Stirling University are getting closer. I, you're right, it was hard to judge them against Hibs. Hibs are, Hibs are when they're in the mood, a team that can take pretty much anybody outside of Glasgow City and Celtic apart in this in this division at the moment. But Stirling University went to Ravenstreet this weekend, uh, they lost 2-1, but it's a close one. And actually, Campbell, it's probably a result that Motherwell needed as well because they're obviously going to a Scottish Cup tie this weekend, but uh, which we'll come to shortly. Uh, but I think maybe not getting a result against a team like Stirling University might have harmed, not necessarily their chances, because I think they've been given a kind draw, but it certainly would have put a dampener on the preparations for this week. Yeah, I mean, obviously they went two goals up in just over half an hour. Another penalty, they seem to be getting a lot of them recently, but speak to Donald Geno as well after their Scottish Cup game the last round in Inverness. He always talks about their problem being the fact that they're not putting the ball in the net enough. And again, to go 2-0 up that early on, you would expect Motherwell to sort of run away with it against the side bottom of the table, but instead, obviously, Stirling Uni got the goal back. 
and it made it sort of nervy for Motherwell towards the end. And it's it is a crucial win for them, especially going at the cup game and then the televised match I'm up and forth for next week. So it's it's a big win for them. Obviously, they're going to be safe as we see. They're just trying to sort of consolidate their place in the league. But it is that performance and result that you're sort of needing. And they didn't have the performance, but the result obviously gives them that wee bit of confidence going into the Queen's Park game on Sunday. But the Queen's Park really be full of confidence for playing that one. Obviously, we'll talk a bit more about it when we get near it. But well, we'll have to be wary that they haven't been on the game on Sunday to the highest that they can be. So they're going to really need to focus on it when they move into the Cup and then come back in the league again next week. Yeah, I mean, I think probably one of the standouts for you for Motherwell this season when I have seen them, which has been a few times, it's been a wee while, which is why I'm tempted to maybe go to the Motherwell-Queens Park game this weekend, has been Chelsea McEachern, another very young player. Um, she's obviously got the opener as well, and you mentioned Kenny Montgomery's penalty. But, yeah, I think I think for any team, I think Motherwell have the safety of knowing that they're probably not going to go down. In fact, they're not going to go down, let's be honest. Um, they too, I mean, Campbell, they've come up. We talked about Dundee Rector earlier on. At the end of the day, They've they've done all right. They're they're, they're safe. Um, I think they had definitely had issues with squad depth and that they didn't have more than twelve players at one point. It certainly felt like for a wee while. Uh, so I'll be interested to to see how they progress. And obviously they have this this kind of relationship with the the club where they have they have a shared social media platform. And sometimes I wonder with whether if that works or not. But that's maybe a conversation for another day. Uh, last game of the weekend in SWPL1 was an Edinburgh Derby Spartans against Hibernian Hibernian that's a weird way to say it <laughs> uh, I thought you got it was 0-0 at half time Campbell and Spartans obviously got a point off Hibs earlier on in the season but has Hibs have been doing recently as well we've talked about earlier on in SWPL2 Hibs have either been getting in at the end for one goal up or it's been 0-0 at half time and then they are blowing away the opposition in the second half and this is what happened in this game Rachel Boyle scoring in the 50th minute. Siobhan Hunter, the newest goal machine in the Hibs Armoury, uh, scoring a double. And then Lauren Davidson scoring a fourth. Um, pretty routine result in the end, Campbell, but Spartans have this ability to kind of frighten teams. And I think this is one of the things that is probably true for everybody in this kind of middle sector of the SWPL1 is they can do it maybe for 45, half an hour, maybe even an hour, but eventually it just caves. Yeah, I mean, Spartans, as we're always saying, they're sort of that side that they're not going to go up and challenge at the top of the league, but they're also never really in any danger of going down. They're just sort of there, and they get wins against teams around them. We've got the odd win against Rangers as well, probably slightly above them, but then they're coming, they're playing Hibs and Glasgow City. They're just, there's something about it there. Obviously, they got the point the Hibs at the start of the season, and Hibs were dropping a couple of early points that probably killed their title challenge. But um, no, talking about Spartans, obviously, as you're saying, they're holding them out for that while, but the minute one goal goes in, their heads almost seem to drop. It's been a strange side to watch what I have seen them this season. Um, David McCulloch, obviously, is a good manager there as well, and she, but she's not afraid to shout at them. And I think maybe sometimes that's what they're needing, because when you're getting a 0-0 with Hibs, obviously, you're feeling that bit happy, and they've almost become lackadaisical and just sort of thought, right, I've still got a chance here. And then losing an early goal in the second half just makes a difference. And then obviously, as we say, Siobhan Hunter's just sort of scoring goals galore, which makes it a wee bit tough as well when you're losing goals like that. But Spartans will be happy-ish with the season, as we're saying, but it'll be disappointing for them the way they fell apart, especially given they were only 1-0 down with 20 minutes to go. Yeah, but it's, it's, as I said, it's something Hibs have done is, is these goals in bursts. And yeah, Siobhan Hunter scoring another two is... 
wild. Maybe she'll pop up for a win against uh, Slavia on, on Wednesday night. Um, but in terms of the top of the tables, obviously Glasgow City, five points clear, two games in hand. Still haven't lost the game, still haven't dropped a point. Um, we'll, we'll lead in, we'll, we'll briefly mention the Champions League, Campbell, but as I said, we'd, I don't want to go into too far into it because the likelihood is by the time a lot of people listen to this, the games will have happened. But as it stands just now, we don't know if there's a second Champions League spot for Scottish teams. Um, Scotland are on the are two places above the, the cutoff for, for two places uh, two Champions League points uh, two Champions League places as it stands. Um, results will probably play a big part in that. Uh, as it stands, Hibs are three points behind Celtic, but they have a better goal difference and their game in hand is against Motherwell, which you would expect them to win, although they have run them close. So, um, Glasgow City are playing FC Chetanovo uh, in Moscow and Hibs are hosting Slavia Prague at Easter Road. I'm just going to ask you for a prediction then we can talk about it when we do the, the post-match record tomorrow night. Uh, Glasgow City uh, away, in, away in Moscow. What's your thoughts? And then what's your thoughts on Hibs at home to uh, Slavia Prague at Easter Road? You'd imagine Glasgow City will have enough to beat Jet and Ovo. I mean, you're looking, obviously, it's a bit of research for the pair of us to see more about them. But City, because they're the stronger team, you'd expect them to win that. But the problem there is obviously the distance they're travelling. They're obviously flown out to Moscow and it's, it's a very long trip. And it's just trying to cope when you're playing against sides like that, when you're having to travel there. You look at some of the bigger teams, I mean, an example I want to use obviously is Barcelona last year as well, when I went to Kazakhstan and lost 3-1 to Kazigurt and had to come back and beat them at home and go through there. So, I mean, City, they do need to be careful that they don't kind of get caught up in the conditions across in Russia. But if they can grab an away goal, and even more, as you would imagine, they could, they should have enough to uh, finish that tie off of Peter's Hill in a fortnight. Um, Hibs have obviously got a lot of, a big, a big, a, Hibs have obviously got a tougher task uh, against Slavia Prague. They've been in the quarterfinals for the last few years. Hibs, they need to keep it tight, but it's not going to be an easy task. I mean, if they can get anything, just keep the score down and try and impress what you'd hope will be a big crowd at Easter Road tomorrow night, then it'll be great for them. They're not expected to do much else, but if they can play the way they have done in their other Champions League games so far and in the league and the Cups when they're playing to their fullest ability, and there's no reason why they can't challenge them, but I think it will be a tough, tough night for them in the end of tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I think, it, so Cherith and Ovo are not having a great season in Russia. As you said, we've been hammering the research this week to try and find out a bit more about them. Um, they're not having a great season. They're six, six of eight in, in the top tier. Uh, and Glasgow City might not necessarily get a result. Uh, they they had some travel delays as well. Uh, as I saw uh, getting posted on Twitter saying that they had to change their route because of uh, pilot strikes. So... I'll be interested to see how they get on. Obviously, when they, they played uh, Somatau from Cyprus uh, in the last uh, last year, they, they won comfortably away and then obviously nearly blew it at Peter's Hill Park. But I think City should have enough um, from, uh, to beat the future over. But it's, it's hard, Campbell, to really say without without seeing uh, seeing very much of the, of the Russian side. Hibs, tough challenge. Uh, Slavia Prague got to the quarterfinals the last two years. Um been beaten by really good German teams in the last two years as well, so it's not like they've gone out to, to trash, for want of a better term. So it'll certainly be interesting. Tough, tough for Hibs. I think the idea of Hibs sitting in, it doesn't feel very Hibs. I know that seems a, seems a weird thing to a weird thing saying, but it's not really how Hibs play the game. That they are about attacking, free flowing football and, and passing. I think as long as they're still in the tie, come the second leg, then you never know what's going to happen. But yeah. We'll, we'll brush over it, but I think we're, we're pretty confident with City. Hibs have got a, a much tougher challenge, but we'll know more tomorrow night, and then obviously we'll, we'll talk about it then. But 
what we do know about is obviously uh, the Scottish Cup this weekend, Campbell. Um, we talked about the draw. The, the fixtures are here already. They, they are coming thick and fast. Um, where are you off to this weekend? I know there's a couple of SWPL2 games as well, uh, part of Thistle Hearts and Dundee United touches in Vale. But Scottish Cup's really where it's at this weekend. Uh, where are you heading off to? Aye, no, it'll be my first trip this season to uh, K-Park for Celtic Glasgow City. It's obviously the standout tie around. I mean, Aberdeen Rangers another good uh, good game there, but it's a bit of a, a, bit of a trip for us up from Glasgow. And obviously Mark Gordon will be covering that one up there. With other two ties, as you're saying, you would expect Hamilton, uh, Hibs and Motherwell, sorry, to get past Hamilton and Queen's Park. But Celtic have been very unlucky against Glasgow City this season. Um, obviously losing 2-1 at Lennox time, we did a couple of players sent off. They lost the last game just 1-0 at Peter Sellers as well. So it would be good to see if they can continue this great home form, as we say, that they've had in the last few games, the wins against Rangers, fourth, etc., and continue that on. I predicted last week that they'll shot Glasgow City. I'm going to have to stick to that, especially with City heading to Russia on Thursday night. But it will be interesting. And if City can produce performances like they have done and like we know they're capable of, obviously, you would expect them to win. But just with the travelling and how Celtic could play it will be an interesting game and I'm going to just still stick to the prediction of Celtic going through on that one on Sunday you do that son you do that um, I think one of the interesting things actually from the Rangers game was they did rest a few players so uh, Nick Dockery started on the bench along with a couple of others so th- there's obviously a presence in mind that they have got fixtures coming because as well as the Scottish Cup they then play Rangers and the, the fixtures from the start of the season that obviously was unfortunately cancelled um, for not very good reasons um, so it'll be interesting to see how that that pans out over the coming weeks as the fixtures keep coming for them. But um, I I can't quite decide where I'm going. Uh, we were talking about this just before the, the, the recording. Um, Hibs against Hamilton, Campbell. Uh, Hibs obviously defeated Hearts 7-1. Um, I was at that game. Hearts were really good for half an hour and then Hibs, uh, we've already talked about it, Hibs just pulled away from them. I, I feel like Hamilton might have a bit... Nah, I'm kidding myself on Campbell. I'm pretty sure Hibs are going to win this, but... Uh, I asked Gary Dalton my last question to him on Sunday night was uh, looking forward to the Scottish Cup and he went well we can go into it a bit better than that Actually, I suppose probably that, that result on Sunday helps him Campbell because if they'd lost the Hearts then getting yourself up for that Hibs game might have been a bit more difficult but it was a really entertaining game on Sunday and maybe in the back of their heads and I'm sure they've got to tell themselves this that if they can make it that kind of game then you never know what could happen I wouldn't have got nothing to lose. I mean, obviously, the league is their priority at the minute. And trying to get up, you would probably imagine themselves if they're not going to win the cup. But they can go to the end of the park on Sunday and just try and play their natural game. Obviously, you don't want to go too sort of gung-ho and get caught out by Hibs, because as we've seen, they will hammer teams. But um, it'll be an interesting game. Hamilton can go in there and play with no fear and just see if they can get anything out of the game. But as you say, we're both pretty confident that Hibs will be the side in the semi-final. I was confident that Rangers will be the side in the semi-final against Aberdeen. I know that I feel more confident about it now than I did previously, where I think I thought it was a bit of a coin toss. I think from watching some of the highlights and seeing Rangers a couple of times since since Greg Ravinia have come in, there's definitely improvement there. Uh, there's a couple of things that concern me about Rangers. I think one of the things they need to focus on is, do they have a keeper? Um Jade Bailey came in on Sunday. Kim Ramsey's injured. Kim Ramsey's been playing, but again, they've rattled through three or four keepers already this season, and I think that's maybe one of the things they need to look at. Um, from what you've seen of Rangers, and, of, and obviously you saw them play Glasgow Girls in the last round of the Cup, uh, if you're at Aberdeen, is there anything that you think they should be they're focusing on? I think Aberdeen will need to be strong defensively, because Rangers certainly have the sort of firepower going forward, especially in the wider areas. 
to get at teams. But as you're saying, having an asset will go quicker. Not only an asset on Batman as well, since any Muir left, which was obviously a big miss. So Aberdeen will need to try and get to them through there, obviously. But again, it's it's going to be a tough game whether they sort of set off them, maybe. We don't know how Aberdeen are going to play. But they've beaten Spartans, who have more than matched Rangers this season as well. They've beaten Kilmarnock, who's obviously fallen away a wee bit in the SWPL too. But Aberdeen are another one like Hamilton. They can go in and play with no fear. Again, league's priority for them. They're currently the top of SWFL 1 North as well. So also that's their focus to get into SWPL 2 again after last year's relegation. But a fancy Rangers will probably just about have enough for them. But you never know up at uh, up in Aberdeen again, sorry. And we'll see what happens on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I think, as I say, I think I'm more confident that Rangers will probably get the result in uh, on Sunday now. But Aberdeen have proven they're very good. And I tell you what, wouldn't surprise me. I've seen Aberdeen obviously in highlight form, but I've also seen their reduced sides in, in real life a couple of times as well. And they're, they're good. I think that there's no debate in that. And they'll definitely be an addition to... SWPL2 if and when that happens uh, for sure uh, the last time Motherwell against Queen's Park we've talked about it quite a bit already when we talk about the, the Stirling University game I, I, I just I, it's hard to see past Motherwell I think I think Campbell the, the best way to explain it is if you look at the Motherwell Inverness game that you were at um, it's probably the same kind of level of opposition that Motherwell are facing in Queen's Park the, the Queen's Park Dunfermline game from the last round was very entertaining but you, you just kind of looked at that and It'd be, I think it would be the biggest shock going if uh, Queen's Park can get a result against Motherwell. Yeah, I mean, Motherwell should have enough as long as they can take the chances that they're creating because they do create plenty, but they haven't obviously scored enough, as we are saying earlier on. They've got that win on Sunday. Just if they can take a bit of confidence from that and try and go on, get an early goal, like they did against Inverness, it could well be comfortable, but... Queen's Park will make it tough for them. They've had obviously a good run to get here as well, but as you're saying, you can't really see by Motherwell being the side getting through in this game either. No, so it looks like we're, we're heading for a, an all-SWPL semi-final lineup by the looks of things, but obviously that is still to be confirmed. And if you want to go to any of the Scottish Cup games this weekend, uh, well, or Campbell, we've got a bit of confusion about where the games are again on the SWF website. We'll need to go in. Ask about that. But uh, Motherwell Queen's Park at the moment is advertised at 2pm for DL Park. Uh, Aberdeen Rangers is advertised half on Aberdeen Sports Village. Celtic Glasgow City 2 o'clock at K Park and Hibs against Hamilton 1 o'clock at Ainsley Park. But keep a track of the SFWF website, keep a track of the club's Twitter feeds just to make sure that those kickoff times and locations are right come game time. But I think that wraps up for this week. So Campbell, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks again. And everybody, thank you very much for listening. Uh, any feedback please let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about please let us know uh, and obviously share it with everybody that likes Scottish women's football share it with people that are questioning Scottish women's football and bash out some five star reviews thanks very much bye bye <laughs>